and welcome to the 99 Yards podcast. I'm your host for the day, Adam Barton, and today I'm joined by Shona Duthie, Stuart Taylor, and Duncan T- Terry. How are things, guys? Yeah, not not too bad, thanks. How was everything? I mean, I am getting a little bit cabin fevered, so I've started like moving around my house to not get bored of being in the same room, because, you know, it's the same four walls. But other than that, I'm all right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm on, the lucky side of, I'm on the lucky side I get to go to work, but I'm shut down for a couple of days and I'm desperate to go back to work and I never thought I'd say that. <laughs> and you, Duncan? <laughs> oh, I'm still loving being at home. I think it's great, but uh, you know, a nice little break from the office, uh, not so little. But yeah, I've, I've uh, caught up on my Seahawks this morning, quite happy, doing well. So this week, we'll take a look at the MVP race with a particular focus on a certain Derek Henry. An update on, on obviously, the COVID-affected games after all the news over the last 24 hours. And in the Fast Five, we'll be asking, who are you buying? But first, in a return to trouble in the huddle, Shona, what is the best soon-to-be-vacant job in the NFL right now? Well, <clears throat> there's there's a few at, at the moment. Um, obviously, uh, Matt Patricia was sacked at the weekend Um after the Lions' loss to the Texans. Obviously, you still have the Texans as well. Um, they obviously sat Bill O'Brien at the start of the season. Still think they could have done a bit better if they had um, actually maybe got rid of him in the offseason. But obviously, they took that big leap of faith with him being the GM and the head coach. Um, and if I start on the Jets, I might take over the whole podcast. Mm-hmm. So... I think I'll just keep that brief and succinct. <laughs> um, and with the Jets, they have to, in my opinion, they have to get rid of Gase. If they if they are seriously considering keeping him next season because he's managed to get them the first overall pick by being absolutely dreadful, then I don't even think Lawrence will save them. And I don't even think Sam Darnold's that bad of a quarterback. I think he's been given a raw deal at the Jets. Nobody has thrived under Gase. Uh, point, point with that would be Ryan Tannehill because look how he's done at the Titans since not being under Gase as a head coach, just a prime example. So for me, I actually think the Lions are a good team. I think what Matt Patricia's downfall was was the fact that their defense kept um, letting up a lot of points and he was the guy who was the defensive mastermind um, at the Patriots. So I think that was why that kind of was his downfall really and that kind of like led him to see the exit door um and I think by them get also getting rid of their general manager Bob Quinn I think it kind of gives them a clean slate and I also feel like they um have the have the talent there on offense and if they just get the defensive right I think the Lions could be a very good team for our next head coach to come into and I can say the same for the Texans after their Thanksgiving performance. And I still think Watson is one of the best talented young quarterbacks that we have in the league. So, yeah, I think for me personally, I think the best jobs would be Lions and Texans. I don't know what's going on at the Jets and I don't even want to try and even speculate what's going on there because I have no idea. Do you think that the Lions will have to start moving on from from Matt Stafford and obviously the, the Texans? While they they do have a lot of talent on their team, they've got the te- Texans don't have a second, first and second round pick this season either. So there's there's also that to consider. Absolutely, I think I don't. 
the that was what baffled me about them keeping Bill O'Brien because I didn't even think the Texans did that well at the end of last season to warn him staying on and then he managed to get rid of all his good players and give up amazing picks as well in the process so I mean yeah <laughs> the Texans are completely kind of on the losing end in that front but I, I do still think they have a lot of good talent there and I'm a big fan of Matt Stafford I don't think he's the problem I think, like I said before, I think what the issue was is, is the fact that Matt Patricia couldn't get his defense working, and I, and I never understood why. Um, and yeah, I guess only issue with Stafford is maybe his injury issues. He does seem to go out every season with uh, an injury, but yeah, for me, I think those two teams are ones that have got the most potential. I just think the Jets have got a long way to go, and it's pretty much all Gase is doing, in my opinion. <laughs> If I could jump in, I uh, I actually kind of sort sort of might feel the reverse, uh, and I'll tell you I'll tell you for why. Um, for the the Lions with Matt Stafford, who is a great great quarterback, he's really 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 good. Um, but with his contract and that of some of the others, um, who are also you know they're not they're not young. That some of them are like the Taylor Decker at left tackle. He's a good left tackle, but he's he's going to be paid quite a lot to play play well, you know, for, for, from week to week. Um, you know, they, they've got some pieces there, and especially Matt Stafford, but they're not they're never going to be drafting high enough to let's say replace Matt Stafford or to get a great defensive tack, you know, a defensive end, um, some someone to help. Uh, I mean, they've got the, they've got the rookie corner this year, and hopefully he works out for them, but. That they're also too talented to 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 bring in anyone new, uh, but not talented enough to actually maybe reach the playoffs. They're just sort of stuck in a bit of limbo at the moment, and I sort of feel like, yeah, while 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 today it might be a good job because Stafford's quite good, um, they we might be finding they're sacking another coach in three years' time and and trying to refresh the whole thing. Um, I feel like they might be stuck in a bit of limbo. Um, the Jets was actually the team I was going to pick. And that is because they are so fresh. Uh, they can bring in a new GM. Gonna, they can bring in a new coach. They can they can bring in uh, Lawrence at quarterback. And then they got two they got two first round picks. And what you normally do with the, you know either two firsts or the first or the second is you get your new quarterback and then you get them a present in a wide receiver or a tackle. But they've got Beckton and they've got Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims is looking really good. They should keep Crowder. Um, they're looking like they've got some pieces um, to start to build around. Um, and then they've got Quinn and Williams, Marcus May on defense. They're both young, talented players. They've got some bits and pieces to build around um, and are young, are fresh. They've got cat room. Um, they, 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 it's, it's a, they're almost clean slating it, whereas the, the Lions, I feel, a bit of a dirty slate, if, if, if you follow. There's also the chance of a third first-round pick as well. If, if they were to trade Donald, I don't know if he'd quite get that value being... Uh, quite uh, being uh, having played three years in in the year, but uh, three years in the league, but that's that's also worth considering. Uh, just to follow up on your your point, Duncan, the the Lions currently hold the the ninth overall pick. Uh, so yeah, I, I agree with you. They also have they have a bit of an NBA um, style thing of that they're too too good to be bad and uh, and need to almost tank a bit more. Go on, Stu. Yeah, I I was going to follow up on Duncan's points. He covered quite a lot of the things I was thinking as well. I think the 
the Lions are in a really difficult spot in that they've got Stafford, who who we have agreed is, is a good quarterback, but he's getting on a little bit now and he is starting to pick up those niggly injuries. They're, they're probably going to have to reshape a lot on defence as well. I mean, a lot of those players have been brought in to play in a very specific Matt Patricia defence. Um, he's hand-selected a lot of these expatriate guys who have a very specific role, and I'm not sure they would fit into to someone else's defence, particularly as well as, as he'd hoped. Um, some of their bigger-name players are coming up to their contracts as well. Kenny Golladay, I know, is, is due, due a contract, and there's a few others as well. Um, so they might have a, have a bit of a difficult spot. Um, the Jets, um, uh, certainly a new head coach wouldn't go amiss. I'm not sure about a new uh, GM. I think the first draft under Joe Douglas, I think he's picked up really, really well. I'll, I really like Mackay Beckton when he's fit. I think he's going to be a, a really good tackle. And in the last couple of games, um, Mims has really come on after after injury, so they've got something there. Um, on the defence, I think, uh, uh, particularly watching the, the game against the Dolphins this week, they weren't particularly good, but um, May was really good. He broke up a lot of plays. Um, he, he nearly had a couple of interceptions as well. So I think there's something to work with there. Um, the Texans have also been mentioned. Apart from De- Deshaun Watson, uh, they, they might struggle a little bit for um, great pieces on that team. Uh, they've got some hefty contracts that they've given out to guys who... Are their own guys that may not have got that money elsewhere, um, such as Cunningham and, and a few others, um, Merciless as well. Um, they've got no first and no second round pick. Um, Will Fuller's now banned, um, and so he's going to miss a chunk this year as well. Are they going to want to keep him or think about moving on? Um, they they might be in a bit of a sticky situation. My question is though, like obviously the Jets are tanking hard which is evident and I'm not sure if it's tanking hard deliberately or tanking hard because Jason Gase is a terrible head coach for me it's probably the latter um but the Jets had a good had good draft capital this year and they haven't done much with it who's to say that if they get in Lawrence and get in a good and wide receiver that's the answer it just appears to be that it's a continuous rotation at the Jets and that's why I think it's not working for them because they don't give people a chance you know like Yes, Sam Darnold's in his third year, but he's been under Adam Gase the whole time. Surely it would be more beneficial to get a head coach who can maybe nurture a quarterback rather than just make it out like it's all about him, which is how Gase's whole head coach process has been about. And I think that's the issue is that they keep rotating. And yes, they do have good pieces, but if you keep rotating something, it's not necessarily the answer. If, if the Jets yeah. go zero and sixteen, I really can't see them keeping Gase. Though surely he would be be out of the door at that point. And but they did they did have a good draft last year. To be fair, it's just the the rest of the talent on the team is it hasn't been good enough. And they've had a bit of a revolving door at quarterback through injury. Equally, Flacco and Donald haven't been good enough. But they, there's not that much talent around them, and the, the receivers are only just starting to come back in in Mims and Crowder. Yeah, I think. Um... Darnold, Darnold, whatever, whatever you say about him, whether you're a fan or not, um, he, the, the prospect coming out, he just isn't in the same prospect as Trevor Lawrence. And I don't think having a good player as, as a heart back to you should stop you drafting a great player. Um, and I think that um, the the Cardinals did that. They dropped, picked quarterbacks. It was back-to-back that they did it. Yeah, if they've got a quarterback, so what? There's someone better come up behind them. Um, I think the Jets can't afford to keep Darnold if they get a chance at Trevor Lawrence because I think it's something they would probably regret for years to come. I think with a Gaze point, Adam, 
there's actually no mention of it at the moment, though, of they getting, them getting rid of him. Apparently, the team around him are totally backing him. This is the news that's come out of the Jets for the past few weeks, is that Gase is the man, and I, it's it's really confusing. <laughs> I think if they were going to do it, they would have done it four, six, eight weeks ago, maybe in, in pre-season. Um, I think they're sticking with him to the end of the season just because it's... Maybe because it's easier. Um I think he's gone. Uh, if not, there's going to be a lynching. Uh, the same as if they don't draft the quarterback, there'll be, there'll be a lynching in New Jersey. Um, he, he's gone. You know, there's no way he's staying. And I think if he's going to go, it, it would have been previous to now. I think they'll stick with him to the end of the year. Um, maybe even just to secure that number one pick. Who knows? Um, and they have got to keep losing, ultimately, because Jacksonville are only a game behind them. So the... the if the gaze thing isn't working, which obviously it isn't, then they have. It is almost ultimately the best option in terms of getting the first overall pick to stick with gaze at the moment. That's just yeah. mind-boggling. <laughs> so yeah, Jacksonville's another one. I mean, that. would we agree, all of us, probably that that's not a very attractive job? I don't know what. Yeah, I. I that team is so confusing to me. It just the whole thing is bizarre yeah they've got they've got rid of their general manager just this week um there is some bits and pieces that there is to like on that jacksonville team um the they've got some decent enough young wide receivers um yeah. josh allen is, is is a good player in the defense and um, chase on has started to come on a little bit so it's probably not the most attractive job they've not got much of the the history that some of the other teams have got behind them either i think and i think that often works against jacksonville um, but they, they probably will be looking for another head coach as well. And if you have a decent pick, pick up a good quarterback, you might have something that's attractive for um, for other people to pick up on. Can I touch on uh, some of the other potential vacancies there are? So you, you've, obviously you've got Raheem Morris in, in Atlanta. Do you, potentially he could be uh, he could be the, the long-term option, but there's also potential openings in, in Denver, Chicago. And I'll tell you one that I think would be a, a great opening if I were a, a, a prospective head coach, uh, Eric Bieniemy potentially. This is the Chargers, who have gone 8-19 and 19 over the last two years. And they're, they're headed for the fifth overall pick, and you already have your, your quarterback set in, in Justin Herbert. Yeah, I think that's a great shout. Um, uh, they they also have some good players in other positions as well if they can keep them fit, particularly on the the defense. Darwin James and Joey Bosa are certainly players that any head coach would want to work with as well. Um, if they could add some other pieces, they could be someone that that attracts a decent quality head coach. Yeah, I can't knock that. That's that's a great shout. You know, the, on offense as well, you have got two wide receivers in, in Williams and Allen, and you've got the killer at running back. It's yeah, it's it's a good shout. And probably work on some offensive line with those picks. Um, that that'd be a really attractive job, except for the fact you've got to play the Chiefs. Thanks, guys. Keep an eye out on Twitter for uh, for the poll, and we'd lo- love to hear what you think. And if you have anything that you want to get debated, then then let us know. Next up, Stuart, kick things off for us with an MVP debate. Is Derek Henry a contender this year? And. Um, is he, in my mind, a contender? Yes. Will he win it? No. Um, I think that's the, the long and short answer for it. But um, when, when I look at who should be an MVP, I look at who is so vital to that team's success, um, as well as being a, you know, a, a great player in the league. 
Um, and most teams that you do look at the the quarterback as the as the driving force behind this team, but really Derek Henry is the engine that drives the Titans' offense. Um, when he's on form, he's absolutely unstoppable. Um, he can he can turn a game. He absolutely destroyed the Colts um, in the first half recently, and just absolutely um, wore, wore them down. Um, yeah, I can't see why he shouldn't be in the conversation, but I think given his position, he probably won't be. I think I agree with everything Stuart said. Um, but the issue is that people don't tend to look past a quarterback. And that just seems to be the um, notion every season. I think this year is a little bit more interesting because I don't feel like there's a runaway. Like for the past two years, it was obvious Mahomes is going to get it. And it was obvious that um, Lamar Jackson is going to get it last year. This year, it's kind of a little bit more tighter. You've got Rodgers, um, Allen, Wilson, Mahomes, all competing for it. And let's not forget about, you know, on the defensive end as well, um, which I'm sure Duncan will champion, Aaron Donalds, uh, TJ Watt. Um, you know, there's a lot of players that could could be in the runoff for the MVP. But to me, it, at the end of the season, it is likely to be a quarterback and it'll be the one... Well, I don't know. It's really close just now. I can't really tell. Like, for the first few weeks, everyone was saying it was Wilson because he um, managed to get to 6-0. and And then, obviously, they had that few weeks where he completely didn't look like himself and looked like he had his talent stolen by the Monstars and Space Jam. Um, and then you, you've got Rodgers, who looked rattled in some games as well. And then you've got Allen, who just lost narrowly to the Cardinals. And, you know, Kyler Murray's not even in this conversation of, of MVP debate yet. And that, that could be somebody to watch out for because I think he's quite talented. So it'll be quite interesting. But to me, it will be a quarterback at the end of the season. <laughs> and you're absolutely right. I would champion a defensive player winning MVP. It, it won't happen. It's a pipe dream. Um, but TJ Watt and Aaron Donald are two of the most valuable players on their teams this year. And I, I, I doubt anyone could argue that. Um, it will be offensive player. Um, it, it, what's interesting for me is that it's so open this year uh, and it's just bouncing from player to player almost on a couple of week, you know, bi-weekly basis. It was all about Wilson at the start. Then it was Rogers. Then it was Allen. Uh, and now, now, it, now everyone's assuming it's Mahomes. You just can't write it off. Um, but one thing that's been consistent while all four of those have been, you know, mentioned for at, at different times of the season is Henry has just been, you know, just playing superbly every single week. And he is the most valuable player on that team, uh, in, maybe in the league, um, because they wouldn't win them without him. Um, what's interesting, the most recent non-quarterback to win MVP was Adrian Peterson in 2012. He got, what did he get? He, I've got notes here. <laughs> Uh, I believe that was he's his 2000 30... season, wasn't it? In what did he get? He got he got 51% of the MVP votes, and Peyton Manning got 33%. Uh, and he got over 2,000 yards. So that's maybe what Henry's going to have to look at. But uh, it's looking at his competition in, in Manning. Uh, the Broncos had a 13 and three record. Uh, he got 4,659 yards and 37 touchdowns. Um, so that was a really strong season from Manning as well. So maybe you know. Will it take that much if he hits 2,000? I think he's going to be definitely in the running. I was saying he's he's a player that other teams have to change the game plan for, and I think that's what makes him special. Um, when you find that a team is having to craft the way that they defend against a team to, to nullify one player, 
it tends to suggest that they're the player that, that runs that team and he's a special player. I love watching Derek Henry play. Going back to to Peterson, I think part of the reason he, he won it that year was narrative-based because he'd, he'd torn his ACL on Christmas Eve the year before. So he was in a race against the clock to to get back onto the field for week one. And then obviously he had this this monster season. I, I tend to agree with, with everything that's been, been said that Derek Henry is probably the most valuable player on the list, but he won't win it because he because he's not a quarterback. And the the cop out cop out will be that he'll get the offensive player of the year, which is given that the MVP is always given to a, to an offensive player, i.e. a quarterback. It's it's a bit of a cop out award as as in second best offensive player that there is between Wilson, Mahomes, and Rogers. Though for if we do assume it's going to go to a quarterback, the numbers. Are, are pretty staggering between between the three of them. I think Mahomes, 3,500 yards so far, 30 touchdowns and only two picks is just absolutely unbelievable. And Rodgers isn't that much behind. He, he's a bit behind in terms of yardage with 3,100, but he's got three, 33 um, touchdowns and, and four picks. And Wilson's sort of similar numbers, a mix of the a mix between the two. Although he's taken 35 sacks, which obviously aren't all his fault, but it is going to be a very close race over the next uh, few weeks between between the three of them. What's interesting for Wilson is is he's got two th- other things uh, going for him. Uh, the first is that the Seahawks have the easiest running schedule. Uh, they've got some NFC East teams, uh, all teams with losing records, uh, plus the Rams. Um, and narrative, um, everyone's talking before the season about how he's never got an MVP vote. So people will just vote for him. You know, if it's, if it's just say a three horse race, they'll pick him because of that narrative, won't they? That's just how it happens. Whether, it, whether, whether anyone think, you know, people think he deserves it or not. That's, that's how some people do these things, isn't it? I was just saying people love a story, you know, anything they can hang a, a, a narrative or a story to that, that will be the potentially one people gravitate towards. Don't um, overestimate Duncan as well. The ability for the Seahawks to make every game not easy. Quite, yeah. <laughs> they say they play up to the level of their opposition. Um, it was evident last night they, they could have won a lot easier. But, uh, you know, as long as they keep winning against these teams, he, he, he'll be there. And also easier games means that they'll probably be running the ball for a lot of the second half. So it might... Um, depress his numbers slightly that there's that risk as well now we, we've got to talk about it let's let's move on to COVID-19 and the impact it's had on on the league obviously Saturday was was quite a dramatic day with with the news of the 49ers having to uh, mo- not being able to play at their home stadium and the the Broncos losing all of their quarterbacks uh, apart from a practice squad wide receiver and the the, the moving date of the, the Ravens Steelers game it's the second time that the Steelers have been hit with having to move their, their schedule around. This time, obviously, they don't have their, their buy that, that can be used. And obviously, it wasn't their fault on on either occasion. So between the, the, the dichotomy of the, the Broncos having to play without a, a recognised quarterback and the Ravens-Steelers game being moved around uh, seemingly hour to hour, Duncan, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I've got good, I've got feelings on a, on a few of those things. Actually, it's uh, the Steelers. Doesn't that just reek of a story that you'll see on America's Game in, in five years' time? Uh, you know, they they lose their bye week because uh, I believe it was the Titans had had their outbreak. 
um, and and now they they're getting rescheduled because because the Ravens had theirs. Um, you know, it just it just smells like drama to me, and and some a reason that you you might see them them winning at the end of the season. You know, because it's got that extra story behind it. Um, on the Broncos. Um, <sighs> No offense to the Broncos, the fans, you know, tremendous team, uh, great young players, and I really hope they do very well. Um, but I don't have very much sympathy for them who haven't played without a quarterback. And 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 you know, it's controversial, I know. Uh, and and tell me I'm wrong, please. But I think if a team had lost, say, you know, three out of their four corners or all their left tackles, they still have to play. I think just because it's a quarterback, you know, I don't think that's a a reason to cancel the game. Um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be the same as another position. Um, uh, and just overall, it seems clearer and clearer that the NFL is just so determined to finish this season that they're, they're, they're playing games now, which they never would if in, in week one. Um, I, I think there's a determination there to finish the season no matter what. I don't know if you guys agree. Yeah, and I don't understand why because, um, on we talked about this on Enzo Scoop and Dana told me that the league actually has three dates that they can have the Super Bowl. So it can be pushed back, but they're just they just seem to be adamant that this season has to be played to the time schedule that it's already on, which is kind of mind boggling to me because now you're having this whole fixture nightmare with the Ravens. You've had it before with the Titans and it's happening over and over again and more teams are coming up with positive cases like there was a case a couple of weeks ago where the Raiders might have not even had half their defense because half of them had to self-isolate due to COVID-19 because they came in close contact with them a player tested positive it kind of is all a bit crazy I kind of agree with the Broncos but I do feel some sort of sympathy for them because if this was when the Titans had that then things would have been moved around for them as it had for them. So I don't agree particularly with how the league has dealt with it because they've changed the rules constantly. And it goes back to what we've been saying week after week after week on the podcast. They should have had a better contingency plan. They knew COVID was a thing and cases in America are rising across the board. This isn't something new. So I'm kind of confused as to why they didn't have something put in place but I mean the Steelers it's not affecting them touch wood at the moment is it because they're still on this undefeated run it was just, it was just absolutely incredible I never would have thought I would say that at the start of the season it's a difficult one um yeah I agree with Duncan that if if four corners or four guards or four running backs right from the team there probably wouldn't have been the same controversy there because it, it was a quarterback there was a lot of a deal made about it and uh, I have not a huge amount of sympathy for those guys. They they apparently went into a, a video room to study tape to try and um, improve their standings and whatnot, and they were contact traced because they didn't follow the rules they should have done, um, which is easy to do, um, but when you're playing at that kind of level of sport with that high stakes, you would want to make sure you were following the rules, so I, I don't have the greatest amount of sympathy for them. I think the outcome for the Steelers, they might uh, they might foster the old um, Jose Mourinho, uh, everyone hates us, let's band together, let everything's against us mentality that um, might drive them up further than they, they might have got without it. Um, and I think Tomlin's the type of coach, he's been there long enough, he can 
um, handle it. Um, I think if it had been someone who'd been uh, maybe a newer coach or a new coaching staff with lots of changes, um, they might have found it a bit more difficult. But Tomlin's firmly entrenched here. He's been there, he's seen it all, done it all. I think that he'll be able to, to guide his team through kind of whatever's thrown at them. Let's be honest, it has effectively given the Steelers a, a later buy anyway. I, they were going to get a mini buy because they were they were due to play on on Thanksgiving, so obviously you had the Thursday to Sunday turnaround. But now with the now it's just the other way around. It's it, it's ahead of the the Wednesday game rather than after the Thursday game. But there's also the fact that they are going to beat the Ravens on Wednesday night quite easily with with the Ravens. Okay, they'll have uh, Dobbins and Ingram back, but a lot of the the squad won't be back. And they haven't been practicing. It's going to be an absolute cakewalk for them, and they'll they'll have their reserves in for for half the game. I would have thought. I think the the difference between the the Broncos situation and and the Ravens one is that it was a, a contained outbreak in just the quarterback room, whereas the because it was um, a a guy in the weight room that that is believed to have started the the Ravens outbreak. It's affected everyone, and particularly both offensive and and defensive line. So it was it was uncontained within the whole the whole unit. Unit. I still think it's quite irresponsible to to play the game on Wednesday after the uh, even after the, the Ravens have, have practiced today. But playing it any time before that would have just been absolutely ridiculous, and. As as Shona said, with with cases rising, uh, or again in America, so certainly until January, not to, not to get political at all, but I I don't think this is the last time we're going to have a situation in like this, and it's only going to cause even more furore in in the playoffs. Uh, Lamar's out, isn't he? Who's the backup? Uh, RG three will be playing, even with the the delay. Lamar Jackson uh, won't be won't be back at all. Um, obviously he he tested positive himself. Uh, so he's 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 not going to be playing. I think he would be eligible to return for the the Cowboys game that's now uh, a week today, Tuesday. Uh, but but yeah, it'll be RG three um, for for the Steelers game. Be a fun watch. Not for me, it won't. <laughs> I think Seattle Touchwood is the only team so far who has not had an outbreak of COVID nineteen. It it does ha- happen though. It's. I know everyone's got to be careful, and and I, I bet that there's at least one player in every team that's not been as careful as they should. But you can catch the the virus without being irresponsible or anything. So it's I don't think it's a a mark against anyone if they've if they've had any cases. I, that's not to say that what's happened with the Ravens is okay at all. But it, I, you can't just blame them for for having a, a singular case. It's it's when it gets out of control that there's there's more of a, that there's more responsibility that should have been um, taken. I'm going to get on my soapbox and hopefully get off it quite quickly again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think in the, the this pandemic of COVID nineteen, there seems to be an awful lot of blame, blame, blame thrown at people and. At the end of the day, it's a virus that's passed incredibly easy between people. Um, We don't criticise or pick on or ostracise, probably not the right, people who pick up a flu during the winter. And it's essentially the same way it's transmitted. And I think that kind of stigma maybe has to just be got rid of a little bit. Yes, big outbreaks, there is people being stupid and not following the rules. But at the end of the day, it's incredibly easy to catch this virus. So, uh, yeah, I think that, that Adam's right in what he's saying. I wasn't slighting anybody. I was just making a point that it's really, it's, it's, I agree with what you're saying. Like, I feel like 
it's getting a little bit off topic and I feel for all the players that I've obviously contacted COVID-19 um, that people are like like a Twitter sort of social media warrior with the fact that like oh look what this person's done look what that person's done there's no empathy about it like at the end of the day this is still a very serious virus and yeah these players are fit but they could have issues that we don't know about that they play with you know there's players who have like heart defects that are playing and that could really affect them if they catch COVID-19. And I think that's something we should probably as a fan base um, should also be aware of the fact that these players, you know, have health problems, have family lives as well. So it's something they are human. They're not just playing for our benefit. That's me off my soapbox now. (laughs) It's definitely a subject that I think we'll be glad won't be, or hopefully won't be a part of the 2021 season, but obviously we'll have to wait and see on that one. And so to the fast five, this week's quickfire questions will ask, who are we buying? Let's start with you then, Stuart. After a defeat to the Falcons, having already beaten the Chiefs, the, the Raiders are now six and five and ninth seed in the AFC. Are you buying them? This is a really difficult one. Um, when, when we decided this, what we were kind of going to talk about, I was trying to work out what is right and what is wrong with the Raiders and I really don't know um, they're just one of these teams that are so erratic um, on, a, on a week-to-week basis um, I mean they, they've gone toe-to-toe with the Chiefs twice they've come out one, uh, winning once and a, and a close game the other they've beat the Saints and then they go and fall apart against the, the Falcons um, their, their offence is okay at times. Derek Carr is actually probably not the issue, I don't think. A lot of people are, are slag off Derek Carr or get on his back a lot. Um, he is a smack in the middle of the league from passing yards. He's got a decent uh, pass completion, just under 70%. Um, he's only thrown four picks this year. Um, he's passer rating. The only players above him are the four four of the guys we talked about for the MVP, or three of them, Rodgers, Mahomes and Wilson. The other three are Watson, Breeze and Tannehill. So he's in pretty good company from that point of view as well. Um, I think the picks that they picked up in the draft haven't been particularly good. Henry Ruggs was the first receiver off the board and he's kind of struggled really to make much of an impact. He's had only one game above 55 yards and he's only scored the one touchdown. And the cornerback they picked up, uh, Arnett, he was, I think, a bit of a surprise to a lot of people that he went so high with his second pick. Um, he's only really played five games through injury, and he's out with concussion again following that Falcons game. Um, if I was to put money on it, I would sell the Raiders at this stage. But they're really so unpredictable on a week-to-week basis. On to you, Shona. Two wins in a row for the Saints, and they, they're yet to turn to Jameis Winston. But Taysom Hill has only passed 39 times over the last two weeks. Are you buying Taysom Hill? Um, I'm in the yes and I'm in and I'm in the no camp. Um, I think the issue with having, if they continue with Taysom Hill at uh, quarterback, is players are going to figure out his his system. Well, the opposition are going to figure out his system quite quickly. I think he against the Broncos who didn't have a starting quarterback, he completed just nine of 16 passes for 78 yards and an interception. Um, obviously he has rushed for four touchdowns since taking over as a Saints starting quarterback two games ago, which is great. But 
I don't think that's the, the, the long-term answer for the Saints, in my opinion. I'm quite a Winston fan. I quite like him. Um, I'm sure our colleague Stuart will love me saying that. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I'm, I am convinced and I'm not convinced. So I'm kind of like, I'm Switzerland. I'm on the fence. I'm going to give him a little bit more time to fully um, make an opinion. But for me, I just don't think it's enough. Like he's averaged just 4.9 yards per pass attempt, but he's rushed for two and finished with 10 carries for 44 yards. That was in the, in the game against the Broncos. So it's it's not great numbers, but then his rushing is. So it just depends. But as I say, I think if he's going to continue playing that way and the Saints continue using him as their starter, oppositions are going to figure it out. Can I just jump in there and totally about, about Taysom Hill? The the difficulty I've seen with when I've watched him, I watched the whole of the game against the Falcons, is playing Taysom Hill has really stifled their best offensive player, Alvin Kamara. Um, he's, he's rushed for a very small amount. He's caught one pass from Taysom Hill. He was averaging between seven to eight catches per game with, with Drew Bees in the lineup, And I think if they persist with Taysom Hill, when, uh, Alvin Kamara fans might be a bit frustrated. Yeah, he actually only had 11 carries for 54 yards in the, in the game against the Broncos because he was absent for most of the second half. But he actually, yeah, so that's a huge, huge drop in, in numbers for... Alvin Kamara, who's just signed a massive deal as well. So yeah, that's a great point, Stuart. So if you see Alvin Kamara being traded in your, your fantasy league, then there's a definite buyer beware on, on that one. And you know why. Duncan, the Bucks have threatened to become a force all season, but they, they haven't won the big games. Are you buying them? Uh, as a playoff team, I think they're going to make it. I think the three teams chasing them are going to fall away. The 49ers just got everyone fit, but now they're moving up and moving to Arizona for a while. So that will probably start for them. So I think they were going to make the playoffs. I think they may be one and done. Um, they got great players, uh, great coaching, you know, but I think what they're lacking is a bit of, and I say this knowing full well, they've got players like Gronkowski and Brady and, and, uh, you know, Levante David on the team is a bit of uh, experience and mindset. Um, you see Brady arguing with Mike Evans on the bench about, about you know, where he should be and, and what he should be doing. There are a lot of players without that experience of, of getting to the playoffs, getting to the big game, winning the big games. Um, I, I think they may be one and done uh, and they may be building something for yeah, next year, probably. Uh, would, would be better for them. Um, I, I don't think I'm buying them as a contender this year. Yeah, risk and ire of people who hate the football and NFL comparisons as much as I do as well. But they remind me a wee bit of the, the Real Madrid era Galacticos um, and that they've got all these big name players um, and the Galacticos barely won La Liga when they were when they were a, a group with Zidane and, and whatnot. And the the Buccaneers just remind me of that. They've got all these good players. They just don't seem to know how to piece them together. Exactly. Uh, they've got some great kids. They've got Worfs. They've got Winfield, who I think are going to be two superb players in the next 10 years. And they've got the great veterans. But they are just being put together this year. Um, I think it's too soon. It's What's that saying? They're all fan with no flutter or something. Is that right? I don't know. <laughs> but that is what they are. It's like, it's like they have all the hype. All sizzle, oh. all, no steak. 
that that's a good one yeah um <laughs> this it's it looks great it sounds great on paper they have a great head coach but it's just not really coming together it's like a bit of a damp squid firework you know you're expecting a massive explosion and all you get is a wee pop yeah and they are good you know Levante David he's such a great player and him with Shaq Barrett and linebacker that you know they should be really supporting the the younger players like uh, the three cornerbacks uh, Dean and uh, Murphy Bunting and Carlton Davis who got absolutely burned by Hill at the weekend and and yeah I, I don't know what goes on behind closed doors but to me it doesn't seem to be there so Stuart interim head coach at the Falcons Raheem Morris has taken them to four and two are you buying into him as a, a permanent replacement I think he's in with a shot. Um, the Falcons have definitely looked better um, over the last few weeks. Um, as we spoke about earlier on, they um, had a really good showing against the um, the Raiders. Um, they weren't so great the, the week before against the, the Saints, and they, they had a bit of trouble in that game. They've, um, they've beaten the Raiders, the Broncos, the Panthers, and Vikings, I think, in his um, stewardship. So it's not great, great teams that they've beaten, but um, they, they have been wins, and that was games that they were losing at the start of the season. Um, they lost to the Lions by a typical Falcons one point, um, and they lost that game, as we spoke about, Taysom Hill's first game as well. Um, I think it depends on what coaches are available in the market and depends on um, if the team is willing to just start completely fresh with a new general manager, a new coach. Um, but I think he's... He, he's done probably as much as could be expected of him at this stage and um, he might be ready for another shot at a head coach's job. So finally, I'll open this one up to the field. Hopefully a bit of a treat for Cleveland Browns fans. They have the longest playoff drought in, in professional US sport, but they're 8-3. and three. In a few words, how, where do you think their season ends? I'm actually quite surprised the Browns are up there. I was a bit... I still thought... I mean, again, I'm probably eating my words from the start of the season, that there was still too much big characters in that locker room and it wasn't really gelling together. But they've kind of turned it around and I don't know if it's a little bit of luck with the opposition that they've actually played against. Um, but they're in a chance, you know, for making the playoffs, I think. they're At the moment, I think they're in a wild card spot. Um, and the way things are going in the AFC, I feel like it's a lot more concrete than the NFC at the minute, where it keeps chopping and changing in that division. So, yeah, I could I could actually see them making the playoffs. I'm not sure how well they'll do when they get to the playoffs, but I can see them getting there. Yeah, I, I too think they're going to break the hoodoo, uh, and good luck to them. Even if they were again were one and done, I think Cleveland sports would be uh, would be thrilled. Um, yeah, like you say that they're. they're not full of uh, superstars, but they're playing well as a team. Uh, they're playing that strong defence uh, and, and running game. Uh, and they're doing it really well. They've got a great offensive line to go with it, which, which really helps uh, that style of play. So, yes, uh, they, they, you know, they're 8-3. They're I was going to say uh, maybe it's because the Raiders uh, have fallen away and, and, and uh, you know, we've mentioned some troubles at the Ravens. But really, you know, they're there of their own, uh, own volition. They've been playing really well. So, uh, so fair play. Yeah, I think that the Browns probably will do it. And I think that they've kind of made that mid-season change to doing what works for them, running the ball. They've got two really good running backs that they can chop in and out. I know Chubb's missed a few games, but between Chubb and Hunt, that's really probably where their strengths lie, particularly now that, although he wasn't particularly great, Odell Beckham is is, is out. Um, I think that keeping it simple for Baker Mayfield as well um, as, as uh, utilising the running game has has 
been helpful for them. Um, they've got a kind of a mixed bag in the running. I can see they've got they've got to play the Titans, the Ravens. Then they've got the two New York teams, which they should probably beat both those teams. And then they finish off in the last week against the Steelers. So um, if you if you're counting them on beating the Jets and the Giants, that's ten wins, and it, you'd be unlucky to miss the playoffs with ten wins. Um, and if they could eke out a win in another two, uh, if one of those three games, yeah, they they should make the playoffs. I think. Well, I'll finish it out by saying I think that the Browns are a, are shoe in for the playoffs, especially as you say, Stuart, with at least two easy games on on their schedule. And I think if they can hold on to that fifth seed, they have a, a decent chance of of going to. It would be Buffalo at the moment and and winning. I'm not saying that they definitely would, but I, I wouldn't rule out them going to the going to the divisional round of the playoffs. But we'll we'll have to wait and see on that. Well, that's all for today's show. As always, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the topics we've discussed and, of course, any feedback you have on the show. You can tweet us at 99yards. Thanks for listening. can go a long way. By refinancing your newer used auto loan with PenFed, you can lower your monthly payments for more flexibility in your budget. You can even schedule your first payment for up to 60 days from the date of your refinance. Calculate how much you could save at PenFed.org slash auto refi or call 1-800-247-5626 to apply. Membership is open to everyone. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.